Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Wadier. And I'm Tommy Welling, and you're listening to the Fasting for Life podcast. This podcast is about using fasting as a tool to regain your health, achieve ultimate wellness, and live the life you truly deserve. Each episode is a short conversation on a single topic with immediate actionable steps. We cover everything from fat loss and health and wellness to the science of lifestyle design. We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wadier, and I'm here, as always, I'm a good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Scott. How are you? Doing fantastic, my friend. Excited for today's listener Q&A conversation. Dozens and dozens of questions that come in from week to week, and we like to take the ones that we feel are going to be the most actionable and have the biggest impact on your fasting journey. So that's the conversation we're going to do today. We're going to have a few questions that we've seen some repeat or similar conversations that we can have around and kind of group them together so you can leave today feeling encouraged, enlightened, and also ready to take some action with your fasting lifestyle. So Tommy, welcome into all of the new listeners. Thank you for giving us a chance and bringing us into your fasting journey or your fasting lifestyle. For you long-term listeners as well, we want to give you a shout out and thank you for continuing to follow us, continuing to listen in, and just continuing to take on this fasting lifestyle. And if you're new, go ahead, head back, listen to episode one, hear a little bit more about why we do what we do, and that we're taking on the blood sugar, obesity, diabetes, diabetes epidemic, one Mm -hmm. episode, one person, one fasting actionable item at a time. So excited to get into some of the stuff that you guys have relayed to us as sticking points or questions or clarity that you're needing just to get incredible fasting results, Tommy. So I know you had a shout out. We want to give give some love back to you guys who share show us the love in the five-star review category. Those are yes. our favorite kind. Those also give us or tell the podcast gods and goddesses that we are doing something of value and continuing to bring you episodes each and every week. So Tommy, you've got a shout out here you want to do first and foremost, right? Yeah, yeah. Mr. Shortledge here says life-changing material, five stars since listening and learning from this incredible podcast back in January. I have lost 30 pounds. Congrats, sir. That is impressive. Virtual high five, virtual set of applause. We don't have a soundboard, but you know, you can hear it. So good. I started listening to Dr. Scott and Tommy every day on the way to work in the morning since the new year. Can't imagine my commute to work any different now. Oh, I love that. I love love that. I feel like you know, like we're we're having a conversation right now. So appreciate you, you know, dropping the love here so we could we could go back and forth a little bit. I love how they break each podcast into segments. Really good inspirational, motivational material in each episode. Thank you so much for the kind words. He says, keep up the good work. It's helped me so much. I can only imagine how many lives you touch. So we are absolutely in it to win it. Keep doing what's working and keep up the great work, Mr. Shortledge. Appreciate it again. That's awesome. You know, I never go and look at those. Or I, I should say I look at them so I don't look at them enough yeah. because that's that's really encouraging. Like that that's just these. incredible. I absolutely yeah. love it. And we're grateful for all of the reviews, grateful for all of you listening. And we started this with the intention to help. And yeah. you know, those testimonials and those shout outs right there just mean so much to us. And hopefully we can deliver on another episode today of Yeah, they inspire as yeah. well. You're right. Because 
this whole lifestyle thing, right? This whole maintaining change, this whole habit pattern mm. interrupt, this this creating a life, a fulfilled life, a life that we deserve, a quality of life, you know, without the fear of disease, off medications, not having blood sugar issues and having energy every single day for me personally be, you know, better in my my role as a husband, as a dad, as a healthcare provider, right? So Fasting has given us or given me and you and so many of our listeners, just like Mr. Shortledge, the ability to turn the clock back, to get yeah. control, to exit the diet roller coaster, to get out of the, hey, you really got to lose weight, but let me go try and try and try and try again. and try again yep. and never get that that sticking point or that consistency. So we want to speak to some of the things that y'all have asked about, which can be mental sticking points, physical sticking points, or things that can derail from continued successful progress. And I want to start off with a mindset conversation here. And this came from a post in our coaching group. And it said, hashtag decide. And it said, as of this morning, I'm at a 62% success rate at, quotes, remembering the plan. So Tommy, folks that don't have our foundational fasting habit tracker, right? So we're not talking about tracking calories and tracking steps. We're talking about tracking daily habits that excite you and inspire you to reach your big result-based goal by daily actions that allow you to gain traction. One of them for Marvin is remembering the plan. So can you explain that? And then we'll go into kind of the mindset shift that we're going to encourage here. Yeah. Remembering the plan is can be broken down like what is my fasting plan for today? What decision did I make when I set my last timer, assuming that I did set my last timer, right? And then did I did I achieve my intended target of that fast that I set for myself? What was my plan and did I achieve it? Like on a on a day-to-day basis because if I'm looking at that as as one of my metrics, that's an important part because it can insulate me from going too far off track or getting too far away from my my big goals, my big, hairy, audacious goals, if you will. Because if I'm remembering the short-term plan just from one day to the next, or maybe every 24 to 48 hours, if I'm, if I'm relatively dialed in to remembering that, then that's gonna make for, for big strides over time. So that, that's a big foundational thing that kind of leads, small steps lead to big changes over time. Yeah, so set your timer, stick to your timer, intentionally break your fast with good, nutritious, intentionally chosen foods, right? Not overly restrictive, overly admittive, putting these things into your plan that you know are sustainable long-term pieces that you want takes repetition. So remembering the plan in essence is hitting some of the very finite basics of a fasting schedule. And one of the other questions that came in that we'll talk about here in a few minutes, there'll be kind of a theme today with like, slippage or fasting fatigue or not sticking to the plan, which is why sure, I wanted yeah. to start start here with Real this life. mindset shift, right? So we talk a lot about, you know, a hundred percent plan, a hundred percent perfect plan done 50% of the time is not as good as a 50% plan done a hundred percent of the time. Sure. That yeah. consistency piece. So shout out to Marvin here because we talk about 80%, right? So 30 day month, you got six days where you can you know, be off, be off the fasting, you know, on off switches off, right? Mm. Or your intentionality wanes or a life event comes up and nips you in the bud, or, you know, you got a couple nights of poor sleep because the kid was up with a nightmare in the middle of the night or the boss's stress or the car accident or whatever it is, right? It's almost like wiggle room, like forgiveness wiggle room. Yeah. Like I'm I'm, I'm still on track, right? Even though it wasn't perfect. 
that's a really great way to say it. Forgiveness wiggle room because yeah. progress over perfection, especially when the scale is our driving metric or weight loss yes. is our driving metric, it can get really frustrating, right? When the results yeah. don't match the amount of effort or your expectations in terms right. of time or reality. Yeah. So I love that that forgiveness kind of piece because progress over perfection. So this post was a very like, oh man, I'm kind of down about this, like 62%. Yeah. And it's really cool to see the encouragement that came out of it. But he says, you know, why do I feel so crappy about it? Like, I just gave my son some grief about getting 70% on a school project I, because I yeah. know he's capable of better. Isn't mm. this the same? And kind of relatively not really. It depends on kind of where your mindset lies, right? I know that's kind of a wishy-washy, yeah. what the hell is he talking about kind of answer. We're going to unpack <laughs> it here. But my first reaction was, well, you're 62% better than you were last month where yeah. you were at 0%. Mm. And I've or seen you, the wins, yeah. right? You've been crushing yeah. it. So why does this make you think about getting a poor grade on a project? Mm. Well, it's relative, right, Tommy? Yeah, it's like I'm looking at it like a D minus or maybe an F, depending on what the what the scale is, right? And and it's less than 80%, you know? So if if Marvin was was sitting there with 80% as the target and he got, you know, 62, then it's like, okay, I, I didn't hit the mark, you know? But at the same time, it, it's all relative because if you look back, what did last month look like? What did the month before that look like? And what were your results over this month when you did hit 62%? Because word to the wise, Marvin's been crushing it over the last month, okay? So yes, agreed, if you hit 80%, this last month, maybe the results would have been a bit better. Slightly sure. better. And yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. But I mean, I think as far as like squeezing the juice out of the lemon, I think you got most of the juice out of it, you know, given the results that I've seen over the last 30 days. So so that's that's incredible. So so it almost feels like a little bit arbitrary to give yourself lashings right now, you know, for right. not hitting the 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 preconceived mark from before. You know, so the like, Delta, right? So if you went from zero to 62% in one month, huge. 62 to 80 is like skipping a stone across the lake. Like yeah. you just, you just yeah. did, I don't know, you just, I don't know what analogy I'm trying to go here, but like you, you did all, you've done most of the work. Yeah. So now you just have to refine it. So where were those things? Where were those slippage points, right? Because yes, right. of course we want to do better. And I know you had a, a relative analogy about the grades too, right, Tommy? Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, like if you're if you're thinking of your your kids are in school, a lot of times we're worried about the long term ramifications. Like, oh well, if you're if you're not getting an A, you know, right now, then maybe you're not going to get into the best school. You're not going to be able to, you know, have the career choice that you're looking forward to and things like that. But if if 62% had been the mark, or if 70% had been the mark, and and maybe that got you into I don't know. It got you into like Brown University, but not Stanford, or it got you into MIT, but not Johns Hopkins, or you know, like whatever. Then it, it's it's all relative at that point. It doesn't it doesn't mean that you you took away nothing from from it, right? Or that you would be better off with a negative mindset coming out of that experience. So I, I absolutely don't like reframing a win to like justify when my behaviors didn't kind of match. But I have a feeling that if Marvin Marvin reflected back. 60 days ago that he would find big improvements over the last 30 from the from the 30 before that. And right. I think that's the key takeaway from this and that's going to propel him over the next 30 rather than like shouldn't I be frustrated right now? 
What do you think? Right. So I loved that you had mentioned if you start a new language two months ago, what would you expect your literacy point to be now? Yeah. Yeah. My from wife's zero. been doing Babel from zero, right? Yeah. She, she's so for Spanish, right? And my my daughter is fluent in Spanish from going to Spanish schoolhouse for a few years during daycare up until kindergarten. So cool. And she can still speak and communicate and she, she just picked it up. She's like a little sponge. So she was talking to one of her old teachers the other day when we saw them out in the community. Mm-hmm. And we got home and the other night my wife and I were just talking and she was like, I could actually understand what they were saying. And I'm like, that's great. Nice. And she's hit like, I don't know, a 600 day, no, not 600, like a 68 day streak on, no, it might be Duolingo, not Babbel, whatever mm-hmm. it is, whatever the fancy schmancy app is. Um, <laughs> but she's been really consistent. So now she can understand it, but she still can't speak it. Right. So mm-hmm. Marvin, zero to 62, man, huge improvement. 62 to, yeah. to 80, small, small, like, you got this. Those are small potatoes, like not a problem. Yep. But now that you're 62% better at this one foundational proficiency, you can start adding in a different proficiency. So yep. we focus on the positive. You've got a small leap to the 80%. Now, what else can you add in now that you're making this a foundational habit? So yeah. the encouragement here is that in the dieting mindset, like we expect the result to match the effort or the intention. And then we just kind of lose our way in terms of, you know, the comparison trap um, or the the relative Mm. comparison trap, we should say. So I want to encourage you, if you're relating to this in any way, albeit the scale or drinking water before coffee or whatever habit you're trying to install into your fasting lifestyle, make sure we focus on what we've achieved and then small tweaks to the process is what we want to take away from it, not giving ourselves lashings and falling into that yeah. that despair trap. Right? Build build on what's working. Do more right. of the things that you're doing well rather than you know spending all of your time focus on on what I, I should be doing better. Right. Right. Like, right. That's such a huge like inverted, you know, mind shift, but it's so different from from a lot of the diet culture too, especially right. if you've if you dieted a lot, you know, over time. For sure. Okay. Second question that came in was around the concept of fasting fatigue. You can call this diet fatigue, lifestyle fatigue, fasting fatigue. And it's it's something that we hear from time to time when, again, the results are not matching the expectation. And yeah. the slips, the, the concept here that we want to unpack is really that the slippage points, we want to catch them early before they become landslides, right? Mm-hmm. So you've been on track. You're doing, I'm going to summarize, this was more of like a post slash, hey, I'm looking for some guidance. It wasn't really like a direct question, but there is an inherent slippage point conversation in here that we think can be really useful, regardless if you're a beginner, advanced, or if you've reached your goal and now you're trying to maintain those changes or the weight sure. loss, right, through the through the tried and true art of fasting and a fasting lifestyle, which is still pretty counterculture, getting a little bit more <laughs> acceptance. But when you tell someone you fast, they sometimes will look at you like you're a little crazy. And this is after maybe even complimenting you that you look great because you've lost some weight. So there's definitely a little dissonance (laughs) there, but it's right. It's the best. Wait, I don't want to do that. But you just asked me what I was doing. So anyway, so this person's been doing a a fasting schedule and there have been some shifts and some ah ahas and some mental shifts that have taken place. But the progress isn't matching the expectation. So mm-hmm. the wheels have come off, the slippage point has happened. And the 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 positive thing here is there's some things that we can do to catch this sooner. 
And I've used this story in the past. There's a husband and a wife. They came in, they crushed it, 100 plus pounds lost between the two of them. But then six months goes by and didn't hear from them for a while. And they came back and said, hey, you know, we've given back about 40 pounds of that 100. And I said, great. And they're like, what? I'm like, (laughs) I'm glad you caught it at 40 and not 110. Because that's the dieting, the weight loss cycle is that the research shows too that you lose the weight and only 5% of the people can keep it off right? And, and maintain those changes. And then within, you know, two to three years, you give it back plus some. Yeah. So the good news is here with this question of how do we fight the fasting fatigue? How do we fight the slippage points before they turn into landslides? And then how do we get back on track? Well, the good news is you've identified it hopefully quicker or sooner or had the awareness before we ended up, you know, farther down the, the give it back line, so to speak. Yeah, you know, because it, it can be like a like a frog in boiling water where it just, you know, we start to we start to slip a little bit, a little bit more slippage over here. And and it comes out like in different spots where it's like it could be food choices, not setting my fasting timer, not feeling like I, I really have a plan or kind of just trying to freelance it or, 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 you know, just try to wing it, you know, throughout the week. And so the the faster we can we can kind of realize when we've gotten away from what was working and what got us some success in the past, then to your point, like that's, that's where the magic can happen because I can, it's so much easier to get back on track when you don't have all of the way to, to kind of go again. Like if you've seen the scale tick up a little bit, that kind of thing. So, so how do we kind of identify those points? Well, I, I think like physical markers, like in your environment can be helpful. Like I really like, dedicating the home screen on my phone to certain things. And one of them is my fasting timer. Like I I still use fast habit, you know, like three, you know, four years in and I won't move it from my, from my home screen. But if I ever caught myself like, like pushing it aside because I wasn't using it, then that would be a pretty obvious sign that I'm like getting away from the foundational habits. Things like keeping my water near my coffee and, you know, other things like that, like actually in my house or making a plan for myself, like put it in the calendar to where I kind of go through what is my weekly plan right now so I can feel it if it starts to kind of slip away. Does that make sense? It does. And some of the things that we most commonly see in regards to those slippage points that you're alluding to, first of all, we want to, again, catch them as soon as we can. And that awareness is so key especially in the health and dieting world, weight loss world, exiting the weight loss world into a fasting lifestyle world, those those old habits die hard. But where those slippage points come up is typically in like poor planning and the forgetting of the plan, right? So you plan it your whole week and then something happens and you fall off track or relying on willpower, yeah. right? So being too restrictive or too omitive or too damned to not eat or sniff a carbohydrate, or, you know, you forget to prioritize protein, or you're, you know, eating, you're on a health kick, and you're eating like a rabbit, right? You're too restricted, everything. Yeah, or you just eliminated all all life and fun, you know, all all fun of of the plan, right? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things in those moments is to really slow down and take inventory, right? Zooming in, right? Zooming in. So if you were to take inventory and zoom in on what you're doing, then what, what that would mean would be like, instead of looking at the whole month or the whole goal, right? Like if it's 50 pounds or even if it's 20 pounds, break it down into a more digestible chunk of that. So maybe you're looking at the next five pounds or heck, 
next 48 hours. Pounds, right. Yeah. Yeah. Go to the next 48 hours, even the next 24. Like, like make one decision right now because it ultimately comes down to the action, not the overarching 100% perfect plan. Right. Cause that's, that's the, the perfect plan done 50% of the time is, right. is going to get me far less results than, right. the, than the half done plan 100% of the time. The one that I can do consistently over time. So, so zooming in, I, I love that point. And slowing down and zooming in. So don't always think the next long fast is going to be the solution. The yeah. solution a lot of times is what you were just talking about is making our weekly plan and then forgetting the plan. Then that's not the plan, right? Or our focus yeah. isn't in the right place. We're not aiming at the right target. So if you forget the plan weekly, then how the heck can you do the monthly plan? How the heck can you do the yearly 50, 80, 100 pound plan? How can you do the diabetes reversal plan? Well, that overwhelm, that gap between the big end goal and where you're at, especially in a moment of fasting fatigue or slippage, is really disheartening, right? So the way yeah. to get back on track, slow down, take inventory. And you said this to me right before you know, we hopped on as we were kind of prepping for this conversation. You said, act like you're not slipping. So mm, what right. are the things that you were doing that were working before the slippage. You had the awareness, you had the aha, you caught it before you slid into a landslide, right? We keep using these, these analogies for this conversation. So to get back on track, what are those, zoom in, and what are those things that you can commit to that you know with 100% certainty you can achieve? Yeah. Not the next 72 hour fast as reparations for you know being part of an avalanche or landslide over the last couple of days, but mm. act like you, I love the way you said that, act like you are not slipping and what can you commit to that you know you can achieve? Yeah, because there were small things that you were doing, like just a week ago or a month ago, whenever it was that you weren't slipping, there were there were little things. If you had followed yourself around and kind of observed yourself, you were doing little things. So you don't have to feel like a winner today, right? Like not every day is going to be a 10. So I don't have to feel like I'm just like I'm crushing it today in order to do a couple of small things that I know are going to serve me. So it's like, Doing them even though, or doing them like despite the fact that I don't feel like doing them, but they're small, they're digestible, and I can do them. I can physically do them. And once I do them, then I will naturally be more inclined to do more of those things because those small things are going to start to move the needle. If I'm a little bit more disciplined with my sleep and my hydration, guess what? My cravings naturally come down a bit. So the next time I find myself breaking a fast or at a nutrition opportunity, I'm going to subconsciously more easily make some slightly better food decisions at right. that point. It's going to make my next fast that much easier. It's amazing how the momentum builds like that. And so sometimes it just starts with with one or two small actions of acting as if. Not trying to convince myself that I'm perfect, but just acting as if anyway. Right. And sometimes it actually comes down to a shift in targets. Mm -hmm. So if you're relying on the scale or if you're relying on you know how you feel, right? You're you're relying on your feelings rather than having some like hard data, right? So we talk a lot about non-scale victories, right? So clothes fitting different, rings fitting different, more energy, you know, mental less ahas. Yeah, mental ahas, euphoria, less less brain fog, handling the stress and the kids and the traffic and all the stuff better, right? Your mood changes. So we need to find those things to focus on. We need to find those diamonds in a rough because they're there. Our brain just typically goes to scale, 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 yeah. scale, not progress, not making progress, not making progress. So, yeah. Tommy, Love it. 
want to go over a couple more things here, a couple more questions that have been submitted. And my notes froze because technology is great. So fasting lifestyle. <laughs> want to go over the fasting lifestyle. And this is obviously fasting for life is the name of the podcast, but the fasting lifestyle. This question came in and I'm going to group this question in the category of life. I'm going to group it in life. Okay. I'm going to call it the life strategy where you've got so many things going on, so many yeses being said to so many external situations that mm. we need to have a conversation around being able to prioritize and put in the non-negotiables. So the non-negotiables, meaning what are the things that are upcoming in your life that you are going to say yes to because they're that important? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And then I also feel like that could be parsed out to, yes, I'm going to participate, but it doesn't always mean, yes, I'm going to be eating or I'm going to be eating when everyone else there is. So I don't necessarily have to say no to the situation in order to say no to the offer of the food that's at the, the banquet or the dinner or the social function or whatever it might be. Maybe it's not that important for me to be eating at that point. And maybe it doesn't fit into my long-term goals and my fasting plan. So if you find yourself identifying as like having a very busy social calendar or a social butterfly or a people pleaser or a just, you know, like a, like influencing, connecting, you know, just a, just a social person, then this can be something where if, if we're not flexing our, our no muscle or our no thank you muscle enough, we can find ourselves participating in ways that that don't really serve our long-term goals. Like, like I don't want to feel like I'm painted into a corner because I'm I'm at a social event and I feel very uncomfortable telling people that I'm fasting or no, thank you. I'm I'm not going to be eating right now. But at the same time, I don't want to go home and then feel frustrated or or guilty or shameful that I didn't I broke my plan, you know, and then and then knowing exactly why tomorrow like the scale ticked up, even though my my goals are important to me, right? Yeah, so the the parameters of the the question came in around family coming back from a trip, bringing all of the old school stuff that grandma and grandpa used to used mm -hmm. to bring us, right? All yeah. all the childhood best, right? Yep. Yeah. So if I was going to go back, I would go back to the slushies from the little general around the corner, the candy cigarettes, the ring pops, you know, all <laughs> of that kind of stuff, right? Because you know that yeah. was. You know, I'd get on my bike. I'm 12, 14, 15 years old. That's where I'd go spend my allowance. I'd go get the goodies, get all hopped up on sugar, come home, eat dinner, and crash. Right. Did so, you have like a saltwater taffy though? Like where where you where you? Yeah, that was down by the that? that was down by the beaches in Rhode Island. But, okay. So you could okay. get it inland, but that's like getting seafood in yeah, I don't know the middle <laughs> the middle continental United yeah. States, right? Like right. just don't any fresh. Okay, just go to the yeah. coast, get the lobster. Yeah, go 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 it off the dock. Right. So yep. yes, you could get it, but it wasn't the same. So. But that would be a yeah a regional thing, right? So yeah, something you grew up with, yeah. And then maybe you have a family trip coming up, so there's a concert involved, a special weekend where you're going to travel to a concert that is like a bucket list item, and in yeah. there you've got two restaurants that you've gone to that are staples of your of your trip, right? You fly in, yeah. you do the thing, you're going to these places, you've already got the reservations, but then you've got the stuff at home. You've got the football barbecue. You've got the son's banquet. You've got the swim meet. You've got the neighborhood yeah. food truck Friday. You know, all of Is this, this lunch stuff. On Thursday. Yeah. Biz yeah. So you've got all these different moving parts. And 
The reality is, is we want to talk sustainability. So we like to say, what are your non-negotiables? What are your non-negotiables each week? So for me, it's a date night. Every week, it's mm -hmm. a date night. That's a non-negotiable. I'm not going to go to dinner with my wife and not eat. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just not going to do it. It's just weird. Yeah. Okay. Not saying I haven't done it, but it's not something I'm going to do consistently. Yeah. Right. So yeah. the reality is non-negotiables. So what are those things that matter to you? For me, I would prioritize the trip and the experience and I would just shrink the windows. Right. And yeah. let's say you're, you know, when I was growing up, my house was always the house where all the neighborhood kids came to. And it was a revolving snack door, right? The pantry. I just had a conversation with my friend the other day. He's like, my addiction to Pop-Tarts came from your pantry. Oh, man. And I was like, oh, That's my funny. gosh, I forgot about that, right? Like yeah. crazy, some of that stuff that comes with us, right? So revolving yep. door, there's always people there. There's always opportunity. But that didn't mean that like every time I came home and one of my friends was sitting on my porch eating the Pop-Tarts that I was going to go in and grab the Pop-Tarts or I was going to mm -hmm. go in and, you know, have a second dinner, right? If I had already eaten, right? Like, yeah. so the external plans can change, but that doesn't mean that your plans have to change. Mm. So what are your non-negotiables? What are your boundaries? What does sustainability look like for you if you're one of these busy, on the go, always have an opportunity to go off track or go off plan or say yeah. yes to something that's not serving your long-term goal? Yeah, that's a great point because as those opportunities come in, a lot of times it's away from home. So it's not like I'm controlling what right. the food choices are too. So there may not only be like more eating opportunities, but those those nutrition opportunities themselves might be higher, like uh, a higher calorie load or a higher insulin load. Like if, especially if I'm if I'm trying to lose body fat, these things are going to be I'm going to have to be careful about my my insulin load. You know, right. and if I'm unsure of how to say no to some of these things. Or if I'm not clear for myself, like what my priorities are, that's going to be tough because I'm going to find myself a week from now, maybe worse off than I am right now, frustrated that I'm not closer to my longer term goals. So practically in the moment, what I find works well is like, is, is having like a, like a default because this is one of the reasons why we started with, with one meal a day, like a simple way to build in some, some, get good, some consistent fasting. Yeah. And and also not have to say no to everything. Right. Because it, it's rare that there's going to be a day where I'm going to have multiple things that I really feel like I can't say, like I, no I don't want to like sit out of. Yeah. Right. No right. To. I mean, you, you know, you may have like like a Christmas or a Thanksgiving or something else like that. Even along those those times, I might exercise like a two or a three, maybe a four hour window on like a multiple opportunity holiday like that, but I'm probably not going outside of that because I'm just not going to feel great. And so I'm going to have to find something that I'm like, nah, no, no, thank you. I'm eating later or I already ate or I'm just not feeling hundred percent. I'm good. But you know, I'm participating in the event or in the connection, but I'm just not taking in more food because it, it's not going to serve me. I, I know that already. I've already learned that lesson. Hey, y'all, I wanted to take a second and tell you just an incredible story about an amazing company that we've come across recently. Um, and now they are a sponsor of our show. It's airdoctorpro.com. You can head to the website, use a promo code uh, fasting for life to receive up to $300 off. But most importantly, uh, my little guy, my two-year-old has not slept consistently through the night uh, since he was born. We have tried everything you can imagine. He is our third child. And we're just like, what is happening? So we have gone to great lengths, time, money, and effort to figure out um, how we can help him sleep. And uh, the reality is 
uh, we were pretty much just resigned to the fact that this is how it's going to be until we put the Air Doctor Pro in his room. And I am not joking when I tell you the first night that we put it in his room, he slept through the night. The second night, slept through the night. Now we're up to 35 plus days that he has slept through the night. He has only woken up two times rather than two, three times a night, two times in the last 35 days and counting. And we are just so incredibly grateful. The reality is uh, we had a feeling that it was something that we were missing. And the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air these days. In some cases, up to 100 times more. We spend 90% of our time indoors and we take 20,000 breaths a day. So what's the solution? An air purifier, a cut above the rest. I'm not going to lie. We have tried others. We've tried other HEPA filters. We've tried other air filters. We have spent the money and they have not done the results that Air Doctor did in literally the first day that we put it in his room. They filter out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants. That includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. So I don't know what it was that was keeping them up, but it is now gone. So Air Doctor comes with a 30-day Breathe Easy money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com. Use promo code FASTINGFORLIFE to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. An exclusive listener um, offer for you as well. You'll receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. That's exclusive to you, the podcast listener, now hearing this in real time. Lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code FASTINGFORLIFE. You guys know that we are very particular with who we partner with. And if it wasn't for this incredible company and this, the incredible results that we've seen, I would not be encouraging you to head to the website and take advantage of the Fasting for Life promo code. So if you support our sponsors, you are ultimately supporting us. We are grateful for you listening in. And now back to today's episode. It's hard to do in the moment. True. So that's where intention, if you've noticed the theme today, right, is the intention, a little bit of planning, and the awareness of the situation, right? My wife and I talk a lot about the the pace, right? The pace that we're at. We just went through a season of pace that, well, we thought we were out of, that hasn't ended yet. And the pace has been very pacey. It's been very fast and lots of curveballs and lots of things shifting on the fly. Yeah. So stepping back and regaining control is simply putting a few minutes of planning and intention into your fasting schedule, into your week, into your non-negotiables. Because controlling what you can control only reinforces the fact that you're voting yes when you stick to the plan, right? Yeah. But if but if you're constantly flailing around, I like to use the analogy of plastic bag like floating around in the breeze. Right. Right. It's just like one minute it goes this way, the next minute it goes this way. Or like you see the plastic on the highway and you're driving down the highway and this thing's like you still know where it's it's like, no, don't hit it, don't hit it. Oh, okay, I missed it. Oh, it's via right, right? And it's just like whipping around because of all the drafts and the wind, right? We want just to regain that consistency, a little bit of planning, a little bit of intention, non-negotiables, and and the awareness that, you know, sustainability comes from the practice of this getting the repetitions in and seeing what's going to be and what works for you long-term and what doesn't. And that's why the personalization and customization of weight loss is something that we feel is missing in the dieting culture. It's something that, you know, the done for you plans, the done to you medications or surgeries, Mm. the macro, the recipe guides, the workout plans, right? Like if you don't love running, don't go try to lose weight by 
picking up a new pair of running shoes, sure. right? Like go yeah. do something you love to do is my point. So a little bit of intention goes a long way. The last thing question we want to go over today is a question that we get often about why do I feel cold, right? So beginning of the conversation today was things that might derail you, how to get back on track, physical, mental ahas, but how do we, cold can be one of those things where, man, every time I fast, I get really cold and yeah. I just don't want to do that. And there's also the concern about, well, is it my metabolism? Is it my thyroid? So we just want to unpack this in a mm -hmm. couple of minutes here for you. First things first, there are four main contributors to why you feel cold when fasting. So when you start intermittent fasting, your body is going to start the process of becoming fat adapted. When you fast, your liver is going to convert stored energy, stored fat into energy, excuse me, since there is no energy generated from food. And that sure. metabolic shift is called fat adaptation. And during that process, your body system uses the fat tissue blood flow. So the energy meant to keep your body warm, the adipose, the, the blood flow that goes to the adipose tissue, it uses that for the conversion of the white fat, the fat around your hips, belly, and vital organs, that visceral adiposity. It uses that blood flow to turn it to energy, which then causes your body temperature to drop. It's robbing that blood flow, right? To yeah. produce this fat burning effect, which is a positive. Yeah. So huge, some factors, huge, huge, right? But it's uncomfortable. So some yeah. factors that influence the duration may include age, menopause, carb consumption, slow metabolic rate, et cetera. Now, luckily fasting boosts that growth hormone and that metabolism in the first, you know, zero to 48 to 72 hours. So we're going to get nice. that benefit. The second is a lack of heat from digestion. So your, your body just isn't digesting the food, which is the thermal effect of food category in your, you know, body's ability to burn calories throughout the day. You just no longer have the thermic effect from that food. So when you do eat, one thing you can do to counteract this is make sure that you're prioritizing protein because protein has the highest thermal effect afterburn, so to speak. Prioritizing protein, really good. Number three is the redirection of blood flow. So when you are fasting, your blood flow turns to your brown adipose tissue and that unique fat, that brown adipose fat, breaks down glucose and stored fat to regulate your body temperature. So that's a good thing, right? But temporarily, you'll feel cold as that blood flow that normally keeps your hands and feet warm is redirected to that brown adipose tissue. So it's something that will happen, but it's not lasting. So you'll start to warm back up as your body becomes more fat adapted, which is related to that first point. And then the fourth thing yeah. is the nutrient deficiencies. So if you're fasting, you're not getting as many nutrients in. So that's why we really sure. want to make sure that we are supplementing with trace minerals, Himalayan salts, Redmond sea salts, trace mineral supplements, multivitamins as well, to make sure that we are going to be replacing the nutrients that are lost, the fat-soluble nutrients that are lost when you're fat burning, and the water-based, the water-soluble nutrients and vitamins that are lost when you fast because your body is going to start excreting more water, especially when you cut down on your carbohydrates. So making sure that you are getting nutrient-dense food choices, right? Natural foods, non-refined, yeah. non-processed stuff. And then making sure that you're supplementing, getting in your salt, your trace minerals. And that's also going to support your thyroid function, specifically for thyroid. You can look at things like iodine, selenium, and zinc to make sure 
for instance, Brazil nuts, right? Brazil nuts, just two a day is your entire daily allowance of selenium. That can also support your thyroid function. So when it comes to cold, your body is doing what it should be doing. It's just doing it differently than what you're used to. And you will warm up. I promise you. I know for me personally, we used to keep the air at 75, excuse me, at 72 during the day and then 67 at night. And if it went to 73, I'd feel uncomfortable. Now it's 75, 76 during the day and 70, 71 at night because I'm smaller. I don't have as much fat anymore. Right. So I am a little bit colder, but it will get better. I promise you. Not as much physical insulation on your body. Right. Right. So it also brings me back to the fact that when I first started fasting, I was definitely looking at like, okay, what is my next eating opportunity? Because there are some things I feel like I've said no to some of my old favorites, some cravings were there. And so I, I would, I would definitely, and we hear that question too, a lot, which is if I'm fasting, do I really have to worry about what I'm eating? And I would say, you know, absolutely. In the beginning, it's probably not. not. <laughs> yeah, it, like, it, you like it's not a requirement. It's, it's not a requirement right. to get everything right all at once, you know, or to change right. everything, right? In order to have success or, or to, to find some, some enjoyment and some aha, some realization that, that this, is, this could really be a good solution for me. So at the same time, if I'm, if I'm taking a look at this, like I have a lot fewer nutrition opportunities now, let me make it count. Let me get in some really good, high quality foods when I am eating because I'm not going to be eating as often. That just makes a lot of intuitive sense to me. I'm not saying that I did it immediately when I started for sure. But I think that that's, that is like a key part of the, the mindset that like really that kind of sets a stage for for some of the more intuitive things and for long-term adaptability and sustainability of, of a fasting lifestyle. A couple of other things just to just to hit here in terms of cold. Obviously, things like iron deficiency can cause low blood circulation, but that's going to be required, you know, by a blood test. Low B, mm. B vitamins and especially yeah. B1 for something like Raynaud syndrome, right? So you want to make sure that you're getting nutrient-dense foods or at least maybe supplementing with B vitamins if you're not noticing that your fat adaptation is taking place, or maybe you have a lot of weight to lose. So it's you're going to be cold for a little while while you go through this process. You can also look at things like chromium. That deficiency can contribute to insulin resistance as well, which will take you longer to become fat adapted. So there's a few other considerations here. Mm-hmm. Obviously, speak to your healthcare provider if you've got some like serious cold concerns, but being cold yeah. and going through the process is quite normal, especially when you start to like stack your fast on top of one another and really start to see some traction and some weight loss. So just yeah. want to encourage y'all that your body's doing what it should be doing. We just want to lessen, you know, the the speed bumps along the way. So Tommy, right? Yeah. As we wrap up today's episode, just great questions, great submissions. Hopefully the conversations are going to move you forward in your fasting journey. If you want more guidance on the blueprint to fasting for fat loss, we created a new brand new resource this year that came out in January. And the response has been great. It gives you some of the tactical, some of the big picture, some of the encouragement, some of our kind of lexicon that's been growing over the last few years now with adapting this fasting lifestyle and helping hundreds and hundreds of other folks just like us, just like you to get results. So head to the show notes. Blueprint link is there. Download it. It'll bring you to a website. We'll zip it to your email inbox. And we'll make sure you get that resource that we feel is pretty damn incredible. So hopefully that will solidify you being able to take some action today, which is our promise to you every each and every episode that we're going to allow you to have something you can take away from today's conversation to add into your fasting lifestyle. So Tommy, 
As always, sir, appreciate the conversation and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye. So you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day life. While you're there, download your free Fast Start Guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.